Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and today, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for this episode. Today, we are going to answer the one question, how to be more alive, present, powerful in my body. Now, this next week, starting Wednesday, November 6th, I am starting my six-week biology of healing journey. It is one of my biology of trauma modules, and this episode is dedicated to those of you who will be joining me for that. And I will be safely guiding you through implementing the very concepts touched on in this episode. Something that, yes, can be controversial in the trauma space around our power. Human beings naturally being a predator animal and owning our presence. Ah, yes, that does mean that for this week's episode, I have with me none other than Bo Eason, someone who I have had coach me on my presence and physicality. Bo is a speaker, former NFL player, performer, and author of the book, There's No Plan B for Your A Game. After experiencing injuries while playing in the NFL, Bo made a shift to becoming a movement coach, acting, and writing. What he's done with his life and career is really phenomenal and very unique. He's been able to capture his energy and physicality that he used for football and turn it into storytelling that he embodies. And he now teaches others how to do the same. So as I've learned how to communicate better with my body, and I want to say inhabit my body better to be more present, to step into my natural power, I want to tell you that all of that required a deeper level of trauma work. And that's what I want to talk on in this episode. So in this episode, you'll hear Bo and I discuss a number of things. Here's what you will learn in this episode how physical expression makes communication impactful and messages compelling, why your nervous system needs to be in a parasympathetic state that is present and calm to foster that creativity and play, and how exercises like uh, deep breathing, or we're going to talk about the sacred six, activate your voice and support communication, ways that presence and embodiment support parenting, and actually helps you to be a leader. And yet why people with a history of trauma may struggle to do this very thing, to embrace their power, to be fully present in their body. And yet the need to embrace that natural power that we have and let that be our trauma healing journey. With that, let's jump into this episode with Bo Eason, where I will already tell you that I have inserted, I have interrupted this interview with three shares from those who are doing trauma work with me and what they're discovering about their, well, increased capacity to be present. It's much easier once you start to surrender to who you are anyway. So you and me are predator animals. And not only are we predator animals, we are the smartest predator animal. We are the most lethal predator animal. We're the noblest. We're the most trustworthy. We've all, it's the, it's the most majestic term that you can give somebody yet our news media assigns that moniker to the worst of our society, which I find very strange, right? Backwards. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's all backwards. And that's actually what we are. So they'll they'll assign this to people like Harvey Weinstein and these people, mm-hmm. and then they'll ruin the term. They'll ruin right. the term. And now you you and me, Amy, and everybody watching us today is kind of ashamed and embarrassed of what we are as human beings. And then we leave that part of us on the sidelines and never use it in front of a camera and never use a stage and never use it when we're, you know, out in public because we're embarrassed or ashamed of who we are. And I'm telling you, you can't do that. The promise is, and it's a simple promise. This is what Jean-Louis promised me. And it's what I promise everybody that I train and work with is if you do what I say, or more importantly, if you just do what I do, then, then people do not have the ability to look away from you. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if, if I ask, you know, everybody watching today, um, what, what would that mean to your life? If people don't have the ability to dismiss you because that's all you and me are doing all day. We're just dismissing people who don't move the dial. We're just like, boom, boom, not a threat. Boom, right. boom, boom. Dismiss, dismiss. That's all you do all day. Well, what if you were the one person they could not do that to? Just like a lion, just like a falcon, just like a great white shark. Those are predator animals, no different than us. You cannot dismiss a predator who uh, is unapologetic about being a predator. And what I love about Pretty this, cool, though, right? is that this this really is applicable to everyone because even if you are a uh, mom at home, right, like you are still a leader in your home. And so this still just as much applies to an executive who's running their own business or in meetings. And so much of our society has has kind of moved us into this place of stillness where now we sit in front of computers and we've, we have forgotten how to actually move and embody leadership, embody strength, embody that sense of being able to walk into a room and people feel your presence and pay attention to you because they sense that coming from you is something of importance rather than what most of us have kind of been moved to for several different reasons is, you know, I, I don't know if I'm important. I don't know if I'm really here and I may not even be fully here, right? Like I may be physically here, but not necessarily really here in my body. And that's why I love so much your work, especially with the sacred six, because it really brings a person into their body so that they are there and they are a presence. There's a strength. There's a a solid essence about them. Kind of like, you know, you putting on more weight (laughs) for your play. It's, It's that sense of, there is weight to you. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the sacred six and I'll share some of the things that I have here that very much relate to the sacred six that you do. And something else that I'd love for you to just briefly mention and talk on is so many of the people that I have worked with have experienced some form of chronic stress, uh, abandonment, trauma in their past. And sometimes this is so far in their past that they don't even really have a strong memory of it. But what happens, Bo, is that their body remembers it. And when I try to do this work with them, they start to shrink back in their body because they don't want to be seen. They, they are afraid of their own power. They are afraid of their own strength. 
And so that doesn't feel safe to them because they don't, they don't know what to do with that. They don't know how to move in a, in a way that is strong and yet calm and safe and decisive. It feels, it feels uh, disorganized to them. So, yeah. So those are the two things that I'd love for you to uh, jump on sacred six. Like, how do you, how do you actually bring this help people now, you know, train other people to do what you've done through your sacred six. And then what would you say to people who notice in their body, right? Their mind is different. Their, their mind says, yes, I want that. (laughs) And their body just tends to pull back. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Great. Uh, Great questions. The sacred six is something that was taught to me um, to activate my body before performance. So if you think of, like everybody right now, think of your the greatest performance you've ever seen, like the top two or three. What are they? Is it, is it a, a musical? Uh, is, it, is, is, it, uh, is it Beyonce? Is it, is it uh, Michael Jordan? Is it Mikhail Baryshnikov? Is it Yo-Yo Ma? Who, Elton John, who is it? Right? I will guarantee you guys, I will guarantee you the, the, the greatest performance you ever saw that person didn't just walk out there and be great. There's no such thing. Usain Bolt is the fastest human being ever recorded, right? So when the Olympics roll around and he enters the Olympic stadium and is about to run the 100 meters, do you think he just, you know, walks in casually to the stadium, walks over to the blocks, gets down into the blocks, waits for the gun to sound and runs? No, no. He has spent his life training to be the ultimate performer. So he does not take that lightly. Same is true for all the other examples that I just mentioned. But uh, you and me, we don't think of ourselves as performers, but we are. We are. We're, We're the ultimate performers. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, guess what? Your kids' greatness is based on your performance day in and day out. Your physicality has to be attended to, activated, and warmed up before you can have that kind of impact where your children can't look away from you. Think of what that means to your children's future life. If they, if, if they can't look away from the person who loves them the most and yeah. is in charge of their greatness, that's you you got to have yourself activated. So that's why the sacred, sacred six is just six small little exercises. But when you do six little small little exercises, which take like two minutes each, it moves the dial because it activates your voice, your body, and puts you in touch with this, this instrument, which it just happens to be. This instrument that you and I have is the greatest creation that God ever created of expression, this instrument. And yet you and me don't treat it that way. We treat it like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't like this thing. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, look at me. I'm this, I'm that. This thing is the greatest instrument of expression ever created. We're not going to treat it other. Uh, we're not going to treat it differently than what it is. So we're going to activate that thing. No different then if we went to the Nutcracker and watched Mikhail Baryshnikov dance, do you think he's activated? Do you think he's warmed up? While we're sitting in our seats waiting for the curtain to draw, guess what he's doing? 
preparing. He is activating. He is getting himself ready so that you and me, the paying audience, cannot look away. I'm going to interrupt this interview with Bo briefly because what Bo just said is so important. First of all, physicality and movement are about life. Immobilization and hiding are only from trauma. The trauma healing journey is about restoring our movement in life, towards life, restoring our aliveness. If we still have stored trauma in our body, our body will not want to be seen. We get up to perform, move, grow, teach, and we will have to override our body to be able to do this. It will want to hide. And so performance, whether as a speaker, as a parent, as a leader, as an athlete, will cause you to deal with the trauma that your body is holding. This can be simplified to a single word, capacity. What is your capacity for aliveness? What is your capacity to be alive, to be present, to be powerful? The more trauma your body is holding, the smaller your capacity will be for aliveness, physicality, and movement. Now, I don't just want you to take this from me. So I've invited a few shares from those who are on their trauma healing journey and they're in the foundational journey. So they are laying their foundation, learning the knowledge and tools on how to regulate their nervous system. And this is Michael. And listen to what he says about his capacity as he is starting his foundational journey with me. My body is alive and I've had I have a lot of energy and just today was just beautiful for me to first hear Dr. Amy talk about capacity. And, and I just felt lifted up of like, it's making sense. It is, I, you know, just to bring these together of these, uh, to, to be present in my body has given me the, a bit of a shift. You know, I you think about this child within, I'm trying to manage. Yeah. My nervous system focus here is shifted my uh, presence with my wife to just be here contained. And it's almost hard to put into words, but it's distinctly has shifted around watching and noticing this, my relationships with other people, especially her getting triggered. Wow. This was different. I mean, it's almost, it's such an aha. Everything is like, Oh, this is a, a, a total reboot. A renewal of of my nervous system, and just to be be here and be present is a very much a reboot of my operating system. Oh, I am in my body. I feel this. The anxiety part of just having a lot of anxiety. All right, it's energy, and um, be with it. Just pause. Uh, the the system reset. It's wonderful, and feeling just feeling joy. I, I I'm allowed to feel joy. I'm allowed to be happy, <laughs> and there's a, there's a sense of of. Uh, unwinding from trying to manage other people, children and all that of uh, there's that's, that's all, Hey, I'm just here now. And as I regulate, take care of me, you know, it, that works out out here. And I never did have control of that, but I was like, how do I control it? Can't, I can't even control this nervous system, but you know what I can, I'm learning to manage it. It's wonderful, beautiful. And it's shifting everything. Deep gratitude just deep. And I resonate with everyone. I'm Mm -hmm. grateful to share this because I do feel mysteriously connected to everyone here in in a, just in a way and feeling the joy and feeling, you know, whatever it is we're going through. There's a lot of a reset. 
Thank you for that share, Michael. You heard him refer to how he resonates with everyone and he feels so connected to everyone. Well, that everyone was the group that was also going through the foundational journey at that time. And that is what happens as we start to heal the trauma and move into aliveness. I call it calm aliveness. We start to feel more connected, not just to ourselves and our body, but to others. Sorry for the interruption in this interview, but I wanted to show you how this looks in real life. We aren't just talking theory here, you guys. This is real life, learning how to be more present, more powerful, more authentic. I will also have Cassidy and Karen share briefly in a bit as well, but let's jump back into the interview with Bo, where we're going to be switching gears and talking about how this applies to parents working with children who have attachment and trust issues. So I love this book because this is what I'm working with my moms right now. They're parents that are working with kids who already have this disruption of trust and attachment and security and trying to rebuild that. And this is what I've been telling them long before you came into my life, but you've given me just this whole other angle to, to be able to speak to them. And that is, we need to get them to the place where your kids cannot look away from you because right now they are looking away. They're, they're not trusting you. They're not seeing you as their leader. And we need to change that dynamic for them to establish that security and that trust and that attachment in you. And it has really not as much to do with what they say, right? Yeah. It, it's not as much what they say. It's what their body is saying and how present they are in their body, how they can move their body, how they can have this present this physicality and being able to work with their nervous system. And so much of what you're saying is really working with the nervous system in terms of the voice, which is like the tone of voice, the, the pace at which you're speaking, um, but even just your facial expression and how you're moving your body. Like people, especially kids will pick up on that. They know just by looking at you, whether you're really there, whether you're stressed, whether you're overwhelmed, or whether you're in a good place and in a place where you can also take care of their needs. Yep. So this physicality piece is so important from parents to executives. I agree a hundred percent. I'm so, that's so great that you, you train that stuff already because look, that is the missing link that that's the last straw. That's what these kids need the most because anything physical in their life is kind of, been poo-pooed. It's been like, don't wrestle with your brother. Uh, don't hug your friends. I mean, all kinds of weird stuff, right? Like that's not human. You know, that's, that's, that's inhumane, right? It is against our instincts. Right. It's, it's like we're pack animals, you know, how can that be? Even, I find it weird too, Amy, that, that even, Athletes who are supposed to be physical, they're not even physical anymore. They, they keep making the rules uh, so that no one touches one another. I'm like, it's like an antiseptic surgical room instead of an athletic event, you know? Like everything has to be pristine and separate. And I'm like, no, that's not what, that's not what you're athletics. Mm -hmm. um, that's why we just forget that that's how we're made and that's what we desire. And as soon as you, we get a little bit activated and really a lot of it's neuro, like once you start to activate your body and yes. your voice, now your brain goes boom and it's ready to play. And it, I always say, if you get your feet, like in, in sacred six, you get your feet planted on the, on the ground what happens to the rest of your body is it feels the safety to come out and play. Exactly. 
Yeah. And so, yeah. The, so Jean-Louis only work with me, Amy was, he goes, all I want you to be by the time the curtain opens. And this was, this activation used to take four hours way back when we were, when we were in New York. So the show would start at eight o'clock curtain uh, in New York. I would get to the theater at four and begin the activation and the warm up because we knew I was going to have to perform this play like for hundreds of nights in a row. Yep. So you had to have the stamina and you had to have the ability to give these people what they paid for, which is an, basically a raw animal on stage, right? Working with kids, like we have three great kids, right? Dawn and I, they don't listen and we get paid to, to speak, right? They don't listen to one thing we say, nothing. Nope. They just do what we do. So they're exactly right. That's they do what we do. If we work hard, guess what they do, <laughs> right? If we brush our teeth, guess what they do. But if we tell them to brush our teeth, they're like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> right. And I love that you bring in the feet. And, and this is why I love so much of what you do with your work, Bo, because it so aligns with everything that I know about, like the medical side of things <laughs> yeah. and the nervous system. Before we continue on in this interview where we're going to go into creativity and authenticity, I am going to interrupt again because you might be thinking, how weird is it to be talking about feet, feet of all things? And yet, do you know we have to work with our feet if we are going to work on our trauma? <laughs> our feet have a lot to do with our sense of being present. If we are not grounded in our feet, we cannot be present. This was one of the reasons I don't have people share their trauma stories with the group when we do the foundational journey. The first sensation they lose is of their feet when they are in their story. And you may have noticed this yourself, that when we go into story, we lose, we lose our sensation of our feet, sometimes even our whole legs. And as we're trying to come back into our body, we're like, I don't even feel my feet. I may not even feel my legs. And sometimes when I'm with a patient or a client and they've gone into story, I gently ask them, mm, can, can you feel your feet right now? And it always takes them a moment because they have to think about it. <laughs> they have to actually find their feet first. And they realize that I've lost that connection. I've been so much in my head that I've lost connection with my body, let alone my feet. And so as we're talking about feet and being present, I want you to hear what Cassidy and Karen say about their ability to be present as they are learning these somatic tools, including feet support, for being present while they're going through the foundational journey. Hello. Um, yeah, I've noticed more presence uh, in a few different places. The first thing I noticed was um, with more emotions coming up. And I really appreciated hearing what Dr. Amy said yesterday about something being uncomfortable versus unmanageable. And in the past, emotions for me were always very unmanageable. And now I find that they're, they could be uncomfortable, but I can stay more present with them uh, using these tools. So that that's a really big change um, that's exciting for me to see. And then a couple other smaller things was with the back support in my work chair, I am much more present at work. Um, and able to stay focused better. 
And then also being more present with rest, because I tend to need a lot of flat rest throughout the day, but sometimes it's hard to actually rest my mind. (laughs) So I'll be laying down and my mind will be, you know, chattering around. So feeling like I can be more present for rest by using some of these practices um, before I lay down or while I'm laying down. So yeah, it's, it's come up in a few ways that are subtle, but really profound. Thank you. Hi, I actually just had a really cool victory just in this last session because I had had a difficult call with a client just before I came in and I was, I was having a real hard time being present. And then I remembered my tool and between the main session and going to a breakout section, I did the VU with the push out and I immediately brought back the presence and it was just absolutely. And so I was able to be completely present for the breakout session and now I realize how, how my body really loves that tool. And in fact, there's an order of that tool that my body just immediately, I mean, just talking about it, I can feel my tummy just smiling, um, just telling the story about it. So it's nice to see that I know what tools my body really responds to so I can be present instantly. And so I've been working with the nervous system and optimizing the nervous system for, oh my goodness, more than 10 years now since I adopted my son from the foster care system and had to figure this stuff out to help him. And the feet are so much engaged with the whole nervous system all the way up to the brain. And you mentioned, you know, we have to be in that activation state in order to even be able to be creative and be able to show up and play. And that is so true. You, uh, I'm sure you know all of this, but you've got like the three different states of the nervous system. Sympathetic and freeze are your two survival states. And when you are in either survival state, there is not going to be any creativity. Like you are, you are there to survive. So any exploring opportunities, you know, potential thriving. No, 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 no. We are in survival. We are hyper-focused on a solution to uh, survive that situation. And we have to shift into that parasympathetic, what you're calling the activated state. And then that is when it's like our, our body feels safe enough to do this exploring, to do this creativity, to, to show up and play and move in different ways. And the feet are one of the most powerful ways I know as well in order to activate this parasympathetic state. So here's, here's my ball that uh, you gave me as part of the training. And I use this a lot and I don't know if this will be helpful to you, Bo, but one thing that I also use is an acupressure mat and so these are literally like little spokes. They're like little needles. And, and it's, it is a pillow, but what I, how I use it is under my feet. And so I will stand on this in the mornings as part of my morning routine to activate my body, my mind. And then I even have it right here at my desk so that anytime I'm feeling just starting to feel that fatigue or I'm starting to feel, you know, that, that disconnect and I need to activate my body again, I just put my feet and wrap my feet around this and it brings that level of activation again. So here's maybe a new tool that you can use for your, for your audience and trainees as well. It's the acupressure mat. Is that a mat or is that a roller? No, it's, it's, it's like a roller. It's a, it's intended for a pillow. So it is not flat. I do have the flat mat, but this is better for my feet because it's round and I can still literally just wrap my feet around it. 
activates my whole feet. <laughs> and it's again, very, very simple, very effective, just like the, you know, the ball. And before your ball, I used to use a tennis ball yeah. and it just wasn't enough. You know, like the tennis ball did not have enough weight. It, it wasn't hard enough to really be able to put the pressure on it that my feet need. And so, yeah, your ball has been very helpful for adding that to my morning routine. And then I've, yeah, so I've got all these tools that I love that it's so aligned with what you do in terms of the sacred six and the actual, like, this is the science behind activating our nervous system in the way that allows us to be fully present and calm rather than activating in a, you know, anxious and wired. It's activating in a way that we can be showing up truly creative and in a place where we are fully alive in our body. Yeah, and then one of the other things that you do for the sacred six is the voice. So I'd love for you to just go through that a little bit. Cause that's something that I have started to do every day as well now. And yeah. so, yeah, if you want to share that, that would be awesome too. Yeah. If everyone would just think of their voice for a second, everybody thinks your voice is your mouth, right? But it is not. That is, that's the only, the, 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 the thing it's coming out of, right? That's the only opening that that voice is coming out of. Think of your voice and think of that metaphorically too. Think of your voice, your vision, your voice as this whole body, even beyond this body, but it's this instrument that is the instrument of expression. And all of that that's coming from your feet and coming from your, your, um, your breath, which if everybody would just start taking a little bit deeper breath. That's a great, I do this and we all tend to do this. We tend to breathe like about this deep, you know, right yep. here in our chest. Yep. And when I get scared or get nervous on stage, I do it too. It goes even shallow. <laughs> yeah. And you, yep. and you have to remind, especially when you like in the NFL, those guys look like they're confident, right? But you're actually going like this. <sighs> when a 350 pounder is coming after you, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, you're in that survival mode. And you've got to learn to calm yourself down. So if you'll just think of this instrument, your body, and think of getting that breath in deeper, like deeper, like down toward your sex, down toward your, your private part, parts more. If you'll think of your breath going that low, that gives you so much gravitas and so much power. Because if you, if you breathe shallow and you're talking to a kid or you're talking to an audience or you're coaching somebody on camera like we're doing now, if you breathe shallow, your audience does exactly what you do. Yep. So you're the leader. So if you're the mom, you're the leader. So the kid's going to do exactly what you do. They just mirroring you. So if you have the confidence to take that breath way down there, where your power is, where all creation comes from, they will do the same. And they'll start to calm themselves just based on who you're being. But if you're talking to them and you're, um, you know, trying to get a point across like this, then that's what they do too. And now you've got a panicked kid or, you know, an athlete or whatever. You don't want them in that place. You want them just to take the deep breath. So that's very important. So, now, when you breathe down in there and then open your mouth to speak, now all that good stuff, which is the, you know, really the breadbasket of creation is which, what I'm asking you to come from, breathe from. Now that voice is informed 
with power and intent. And that's why people, I don't like when people say this, oh, you got a good voice, you got a bad voice. I have a sucky singing voice. That's just not true. It's just not authentic voice. Right. The authenticity of the voice has got to come from lower than you think. And yes. when you do that, you're kind of going to, you might freak out the first few times you do it because it feels unfamiliar um, unfamiliar and strong and yes. kind of, it, it's as if you just put your foot down and audience or child, you're going to listen to me. Here, here it comes. And you're kind of going to go, oh shit, I got a lot right. of power, a lot more than I thought. Right. It can be scary to see that. Yep. Because we're so used to apologizing for our own power so we yes. don't offend anybody, right? right? But look, no one is going to pay attention to somebody who's apologetic about what they naturally are, which is this instrument of expression and predatory. Right. And bringing it back to just the physicality piece, Bo, I can't imagine someone being able to realize that big of a dream without being fully able to embody get in their body, activate their body, know how to do that, right? Have those tools that you've learned that you now teach others because without that level of embodiment and physicality, they do, like they wander, they're distracted, their, their, body, their body isn't isn't fully there and doesn't have the direction and presence that it really needs. That's right. And no one's going to fall. Look, if you have a huge dream or your kids have a huge dream, which they do, they just maybe not have told you yet. Without the physicality piece that we've been touching on here, you are on your own, which you can't win this sucker alone. You have to have a team around you. Guess what that team is attracted to? Your vision, which is physical. Your body is the expression of the vision of the dream. And that's what people are attracted to. And those people now come and give you money or give you access or give you food or give you a coaching. They come out of nowhere because they're attracted to this physical thing that is attached to this vision that is going someplace. Think about the people that you married. Think about the people you're attracted to. Why were you attracted to them? Because they had a vision and they were going somewhere with that vision and it, it informed every molecule in their body and that's what's attractive. So <laughs> You can't win this sucker alone. You've got to have that team. To have that team, you have to have the physicality. You have to have the physicality. That concludes this episode with Bo Eason on how to be more alive, present, and powerful in our body. You also heard from Michael, Cassidy, and Karen as they were on their foundational journey and as they're learning these tools and how they can do just that be more present, alive and authentic in how they express themselves and show up in the world in the way that they want to be showing up into the world. We cannot be more present and authentic if we are still holding, hiding, and protecting our trauma. I hope you found this episode helpful, whether you're a parent striving to connect deeply with your child, an individual on your own healing journey, or a practitioner who is guiding others. As you move forward, in what areas of your life do you want to be more present? Choosing to be more present will help you see what is holding you back. And then that is your next piece of trauma to work on. More present, more embodied, and more authentic is what the trauma healing journey is all about. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and I have an ask for you. Would you please rate and review this podcast? It helps me know how I am doing to bring you value 
and helps others find the knowledge and tools they are looking for. Until next episode, much love. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey. And you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars. Share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.